When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glasser coming right back at you from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there this all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe also follow and do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, including right below Mr. It's a Trap, Admiral Akbar himself, Jamie Sweet, if you're on YouTube, right below. Go ahead and subscribe today on YouTube. Plus also as well, if you can go ahead and take care of us at Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakerholics.com, because there's a ton of good things at Lakerholics.com. In fact, you know, I'm not going to be able to see Laker Tom for a few days. He's going to be out of town on business and whatnot. But I wanted to tell him I just discovered some great news on Lakerholics.com that according to Feedspot, he is the number one blogger for Lakers over anyone that's out there. And you can catch him and also Jamie Sweet's five things today at Lakerholics.com. I just, I just opened my eyes just right there. Yeah, you just type in top Lakers blogs and scroll down a little bit. And there's a list right there of the top bloggers, and there he is right there. Catch him and Jamie Sweet today at Lakerholics.com, plus Joe Sorrell, who is in the chat right now. Hello to you, Mr. Joe Sorrell. I will be seeing you on Thursday. Hello, there Joe. You go. Absolutely. Glad to have you in the chat. You can catch him also in the chat today at Lakersball.com. Go ahead and make sure you're part of one of the great groups right, right there for you at Lakersball.com. I was actually looking again my yearly annual review of Lakers blog sites, and I noticed something kind of, I don't know, maybe it's because of the lack of success of the team in the past couple of years, but they seem to be dwindling, or they seem to be expiring. There's not that many fresh, constantly updated sites for Lakers fans out there, so please go ahead and support these two today, LakersBall.com and LakerHolics.com. But also as well, if you can go ahead and be a friend and appreciate everything that they're doing at the Hoopheads Podcast Network, at hoopheadspod.com. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, there's still much to talk about on today's show when it comes to the Lakers. There's still some things that we can go ahead and discuss. Know some things that are being bandied about there on and in and around the land of Lakers when it comes to what's going on with everything at Lakers land. But 
I wanted to mention first that I did get a chance to check out the first two episodes of Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers, or so they would have you believe. <laughs> yes. So I did check out the first two episodes, and I will mention what my thoughts, my initial thoughts of the series coming up later in the program. Plus also as well, I want to go ahead and I'll ask Jamie his thoughts on Darvin Ham and his new supposed coaching style and the fact that he's willing to bench anyone out there on the Lakers that is not performing and he won't hesitate to do so, unlike what we saw last year. So we'll get into that as well. But first, my friend, among the Lakers topics was an article that was recently put out there requesting that the Lakers look into reacquiring and bringing back Carmelo Anthony. And I know this is something you and I were talking about before we went on the air. And this was actually NBA insider Zach Buckley took notice of his abilities, according to Sports Illustrated. And I guess he said, you know what? We got to go ahead and have him back on the team. Your thoughts on that? We do have an open roster spot, but I think we're keeping it open just in case of any transactions do occur. But I'm not in love with that process just because the fact that Melo is such a liability on the defensive end and you already are very unproven on the defensive end. But you like the fact that when he was hot, he was well above 40% on threes. So your thoughts on bringing back Carmelo Anthony? I mean, at this point, I'm in favor of it. I think that he deserves to go out on a team that is going to feature him that won't just be like sign him and leave him on the bench. And let's face it. I mean, we got a lot of guys on the roster that don't do much. (laughs) We've got Wenyan Gabriel, who isn't really a great defender and not a great scorer. We got Stanley Johnson, who's an okay defender, not a great scorer. And a lot of the offense is going to come from LeBron, AD, and at this point, Russ. And so I don't mind there being a release valve out there that can play 15, 20 minutes a game. Um, I'm not, again, you know, like last season, I'm not looking for Denver uh, Nick Vintage Mello. I'm just looking at a guy who is going to come in, understands his role, can be an example for, you know, some of the younger guys that we're bringing in about how you, how you put in your work, how you, you know, get your treatment, do, 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 you know, check all the boxes that the team wants you to check and just be a pro. And that's, that's his role right now. And, you know, he's LeBron's friend. Uh, although evidently we're LeBron and Russ are still friends. So who knows what that really means, but you know, I, I'm in favor of it, not from a defensive standpoint, but from a, a team character standpoint and an excitement around the team standpoint. I don't think any player got as much hype coming into games all season long, except Car- other than Car- Carmelo Anthony. Staples would just start to buzz whenever Anthony came in. And whenever he shot, people were excited. And it, this is, on paper, this just is a boring team. You know, the, the, the hope is that everybody stays healthy. <laughs> that's, that's like the first box everybody wants to see checked. And that's not exciting. Uh, Melo brings a level of excitement, and, and like, listen, I'm not that's not a knock against LeBron. LeBron is a legendary basketball player, he's a blast to watch. I, ha- I can very comfortably say at this point that I did not appreciate the greatness of LeBron from afar, 
but he's one of those guys that when you see him play game in game out for 82 or however many games it is uh, over the course of a season that you appreciate what he brings to a team and the gravity that he brings to the court. Mello isn't that guy either, but I, 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 he, he, he's just a fun guy and this team needs fun. We need fun in Lakerland again. We need talent is what we actually need. He's talented. He's talented. He was talented. He is talented. He's just not young anymore. And he's strong. He, you, you said it before we went on the air that he, you would, if you played him, you would like to see him as a small, by, small ball five. And I agree with that because you know what's a funny thing? Bringing up small balls. Bleacher Report put out a list of the small ball lineups they'd like to see from every team in the NBA. And you know who is not on their small ball lineup for the Lakers? Anthony Davis. Because they're worried about him packing the paint, that teams are just going to pack the paint against him and Russ and, and, and LeBron. Now, this, of course, assumes Russ is still on the team because you can't just assume a trade that hasn't happened is going to happen. So with that in mind, I just thought that was kind of absurd, first off. But, you know, uh, that's that's a news outlet. It's not the coach. It's not the Lakers. I doubt that'll happen. I think Anthony Davis would have to be in on the floor as a small ball five just for defensive purposes. But the, the point they were making was that, you know, small ball lineups are built around centers. And LeBron, they, they had LeBron at the five surrounded by basically all the other guys who could kind of shoot um, and Russ. So uh, that to me was a weird kind of diss, though. And I would like to see a mellow at the small ball five uh, augmenting a James, Anthony, possibly Russell, hopefully somebody else, but we'll see. And, you know, Reeves or any number of guys who will get a shot at, you know, being a being a fifth fifth wheel. I don't have a lot of faith in Wendy and Gabriel. I thought he tried really, really, really hard, and I appreciate that. I think that there's a reason that he's bounced out of the league and around the G Six League. Six teams. And yeah, I mean, that, that, that's not like that's – not, that's not a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a mistake. I'm, I don't. I mean, I get why we picked up his contract because he's cheap and young, and you got to hope that like maybe he takes a step forward to like you know, I don't know, like Kurt Rambis impact territory, you know. But uh, and they have two guys like that in Gabriel and Johnson, so you need another option off the bench in that six eight to six ten range, and that's Melo right now. Well, there's not another guy out there, and you can you know for the vet minimum, he's not going to hit the cap hard. Uh, I mean, we can't, we don't have any of the tools to sign guys anyway. So it's the vet minimum or bust for the Lakers right now. And that's that, you know, I mean, if you're going to get a guy for the vet minimum and he's not going to be a featured player in the rotation, you at least want to get somebody impactful. He has more impact on the court than either, definitely than when Gabriel, at least on par with Stanley Johnson, if not more. So I don't see the risk. Um, and I don't see, I don't see how it hurts the team at this point. You can just, you can wave them if, if you need to make a spot or Gabriel or, you know, there's a bunch of guys we could just let go. That That's not a problem. Well, that's the problem because this team is such a, has such a lack of depth yeah. from three through 15 yeah. that it's, it's you bad. could pretty much let any one of those guys go below three and, and you would be pretty much essentially the same team. I mean, I have higher hopes for Reeves this season than I did last season. I think he can, if he can just 
be as good as he would. And he wasn't, he, let's, let's be well, real. Well, the thing is always with Reeves, he, he played outstanding. He gave you heart. He gave you a lot of things, effort. He but gave he you a lot of uh, smarts right. shooting. And the thing shooting. is, did, did he give you that ability because he was playing on a losing team? If he was on a winning team, would he actually have played or gotten the opportunity to play that well? That those are the things. Some things I think we need to see over the course of the next couple of seasons if he can become a good rotational player in the NBA. I agree with that, and I would put THT in that as well. Is is that the high ground? We've already started to see some of that already with THT. But he is 21 and still has a chance to develop. And, we got so does Reeves, and so too with Reeves. Both are young. Yeah. In fact, Reeves is actually a year older than THT. Yeah, because he played full four years. He played full four years of college. So he's a veteran compared to THT at this point. I mean, the point being is this, is that because the Lakers' death, you're not, you're not, obviously we're not, if there was an impact player that was out there that we could get that anybody on the in the organization thought would alter our playoff chances, they would have done it. So I think what they're doing is that they've, I'm sure they've been in contact with Melo's agent. I'm sure that there's mutual interest in bringing him back, but they're saying like, Hey, we want to see if we can work this or that angle. Um, you know, we kind of need a roster spot right now just to be flexible. Uh, but I kind of expect him to get, or somebody to get signed the week that training camp starts, maybe the week before. This is Raphael from NBA draft and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's Jamie Sweet, the man behind the five things articles at Lakerholics.com. Of course, when he was originally scheduled to go ahead and be on, that was very nice of him to go ahead and be on now. But we actually had planned to do this yesterday. But, you know, while the other shows have Trevor Lane guest hosting on on some other programs, a big baby show, and also as well, Locked on Lakers. My guy falls asleep. So that's all I can say about that. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. You know, I told you, I told you I had to rib you. I deserve it. I I said you could give me a stern finger wagging and I would accept it. uh, Okay. I'll, I'll maybe wait for another time indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have thoughts on Melo and if he should become again, another key integral part of the Lakers, if he should go ahead and become an individual that, that the Lakers should sign and become a guy that could, you know, find some minutes on the rotation. If you think he still has it, 
please let us know right here at Lakers Fast Break, right here on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Also as well, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. One of the things I also want to mention in regards to Darvin Ham, and this has also been mentioned in recent days, is Darvin Ham's insistence that if somebody is not performing up to his capabilities, then he will be benched and other players will be brought in his stead. One of the things I questions I have with this, obviously there are two exceptions to that rule and they're named LeBron and AD, but with last year, what went on with the drama behind the scenes with Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook and Frank Vogel, not if you, depending on who you hear from, not being allowed to go ahead and bench Russell Westbrook or whatever went on with Russell Westbrook and the fact that he was not allowed to be benched or he was benched only in certain points of time down the stretch in the fourth quarters, depending on his, his, you know, actually how well he was impacting the game. Your thoughts on this? I think this comes, you know, the reason why that, that Darvin Ham had to actually say this in the first place was kind of making the message clear out there that everybody three through 15 on the roster needs to go ahead and be consistent. But that also tells me that if you're three through 15 on the roster, that really tells you that even if you're not consistent, you're going to get more than one chance because there's really not a whole lot of depth or choices that Darvin Ham has to choose right now on the Lakers roster. That's absolutely right, Gerald. I mean, what, what <laughs> this goes right back to the conversation we were having. If you have a bad week, you'll sit down for a week and you'll come back the week after. All right, Lenny and Gabriel, listen, you really blew that defensive assignment. So this week, Christie's getting your minutes until he can't shoot at all. And then I'm coming back to you. And then when you blow it, I'm going back to Christie. And then that's when Mello's getting, coming off the injured list. So he's going to get, I mean, it's, and what are you going to do? Bench LeBron? Bench bench JD? Well, then you're not going to win. And what are you going to do? Bench Russ? Then you can't trade him. Can't trade him if you, if he's nobody's every or you you'll trade him to whatever team needs to dump salary at the trading deadline. You will not get a great player. You will get a salary dump, and that's just how it's going to work. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I love I love that he's coming out and being forceful with his personality. I love that he's trying to set a tone, but really that's all this is. This is setting a tone. Uh, I would expect that LeBron and AD uh, don't have to worry about the benching. <laughs> I mean, outside of like just completely taking plays off, uh, you know, for stretches at a time. And then that's likely because they're tired. So they probably need to sit on the bench anyway for a little while. So I, I mean, I, I always think it's funny when coaches say that because that just tells you how little depth there is on the roster in a way. It's kind of like showing your hand. Uh, and that's just, that's not a secret with this Laker team. It's, it's not a secret. Look at it's the, right the, there. I mean, there's, all you got to do is look at our, got to look at our roster. After, after you get by numbers one and two players on that list, They'd scare absolutely nobody in the league. And the problem is because it comes a year after when there was a 3 through 15 on the roster that scared nobody because they were way too old in many cases. Yes. Now this year you got considerably younger, but unfortunately due to the constraints of your salary cap, it wasn't much better. No, that's the problem is that the Lakers – I mean, and you know – this season was coming, right? Like we have, we reacted so poorly to winning that this season was a, was 
fated to happen. Once you traded all of your tradable players and either did not get something back in return, as is the case um, with Schroeder and Caruso, who you just let walk, um, you know, guys who are on championship roster, if you let a guy who was on a key part of a championship roster walk for nothing, that's an egregious error. And it can't be called anything but. It's just an egregious error. And I don't care what your cap situation is or, or, or anything like that. It's, it's, it's absurd to me. You at least get a traded player exception, which yeah. doesn't it, – it, it, it's mind-boggling to me how this team is run at times. You know, like, I, I just – it's – it, people want to say, like, a lot of this is Russ's fault. And I don't think that's true. Russ didn't make the trade. <laughs> Rob Palinka's name is on that. And Jeannie Buss signed off on it. And they if they want to whine about LeBron and AD, that's 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 fine. It's true. But if you don't have the stone to know that something maybe isn't right, or if you're not intelligent enough to see how wrong it is, and again, I can forgive fans. I Joe and I both freely admit it. We were both big on Russ at the beginning, and we were wrong. We don't I get paid. I was not, and I you will be not. glad you to say not. that until the day I die. I'm not paid to run the Lakers. I like to hang out I with wish you guys. I was. Yeah. So I, I, that the, the like I said, the Darvin Ham statement is a nice statement. It's very, it's, it's nice to see him imposing his personality on the narrative in some form or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's meant to inspire Russ or inspire LeBron or calm the fan base, or simply because, you know, somebody told him to go out there and say it. Uh, but it's it, I, it's a little more effective to me than, than Frank Vogel's sort of librarian personality. And I liked Frank Vogel as a defensive coach. I had a lot of problems with him as an offensive coach. And, you know, that's no secret because he doesn't seem to run an offense. That's frankly my biggest fear with Darvin Ham. You know, he's coming in saying, again, all the nice things. And everybody's expecting to see the Milwaukee Bucks offense getting run. And, you know, suddenly we're going to have these four out sets that are just going to tear the league up. And, you know, if you go and look at Lakerholics.com, one of our frequent bloggers, Mongo Slade, had a great point about that. He's like, please stop comparing this Laker team to anything the Bucks have accomplished. That Bucks team, the Bucks team has been built up over years. Years. It's taken them years to build the team that is now a competitor every season. Pray tell, who would be making that comparison? Pray tell. I mean, uh, Mongo, Mongo Slade on. Laker no, Holics. I'm just, I thought you said Mongo said stop. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, who is he saying at Lakerholics.com would be making those comparisons? <laughs> well, he's on vacation right now, so we won't speak ill of him. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just not just him though. A lot of people, a lot of people, media pundits alike, all sorts of people have been like, yes. "Oh, here come the this four outsets that are going to tear up the lake." That that's that the bill, the monkey, you know, nobody on the Lakers plays it like Giannis does. Adam says Lakers in a couple years will have massive talent drought. I think it's already started. Yeah. I mean, Adam, you hit the nail on the head. It's true. They're hanging on by a thread. There's, they got two talented guys and it kind of ends there. And then you got hopefuls after that Uh, NBA hopefuls who you would like to see do better than maybe they have or bust out in a way that doesn't make you cry on a nightly basis. I mean, what that what the worst part out of it is that the Lakers trade those two picks away and it doesn't materialize into something effective. 
then you really have a hard time obtaining assets. You're done. Utilizing assets because there will be almost none to have. There, you do have actually some mandatory draft picks for the rest. You can of make the, draft uh, day picks. deals, right? You can make trades on draft day. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You that's only it. have like two or three left for the rest of the decade. That's that's some scary. That's some scary. Well, stuff. and so so it works like this, right? Or the year is currently 2022, which means you can trade draft picks seven years out. Which some people I, I've I've talked to some people who are like, why don't we include like 2030, 20? Like, why can't we just keep throwing draft picks? It can only go up so far. It only goes out seven years. So 2029 is the ceiling right now. And then on top of that, because of the Stepien rule, you have to, at least until draft day, mm-hmm. keep every other year's pick. You can pick yes. swap. You can and we, pick I already swap. discussed this on the show. I, uh, right now, depending on the tra- I mean, some right. of it's a swap. There's swapping rights. I know that the the Grizzlies still have, uh, and Wizards still have an issue, you know, thing there coming up here yep. in 2024 for a second rounder. Also, of course, the Anthony Davis trade has led to some swapping options that the Pelicans have in 2024 to start off with. Just to mention a few. Yeah, but the Lakers do have control of it still. Even if they trade away the 27 to 29, they still have a 28 first rounder, yep. a 26 first rounder, and a and, 25 first rounder. And a 2030. Yeah. So if you yeah, trade 27, 29, the next pick you can trade is 2031. Yeah. So... No GM will be around. (laughs) Adam says, uh, do you believe that the Lakers would be in a better position if they hadn't traded Ingram, Lonzo, Randall, and Hart away for AD? Well, they would not have won a title. We didn't trade trade Randall. Randall walked for nothing. Um, I don't think that's true. I think – I I don't think we would have won a title. I don't think we won a title. And so, in a way, the AD trade worked as designed. Yeah. I think but this is the fallout. We're on the downside. We're on the backside of this trade. Yeah, but we but that's not because of the AD trade. That's because every move we made after that made the team worse. We traded Danny DeGreen in a first round pick to Oklahoma City for Dennis Schroeder. Danny Green was on a I believe a expiring uh MLE. We traded a first round pick in Danny Green, who was going to expire the following year on his MLE. And then the following year, we let Schroeder walk for nothing. So we basically threw a first round draft pick away because Dennis Schroeder didn't work and he turned down our extension offer. And so then we just got Rob Plinker got miffy and didn't want to deal with him anymore. And again, didn't even get like a traded player exception or anything at all. Just let him walk. Could have signed and traded him. Could have, could have signed him to a deal for us that had like team options so that he would be a more valuable tra- trading asset. We didn't do any of those things. And the same thing happened last year. Caruso walked for nothing and we traded away Kuzma, KCP, and the expiring MLE signing of Montrez Harrell. So that's what I mean when we've reacted poorly to winning. Every step we've taken since winning, we traded all of our core playoff victory guys for Russell Westbrook, essentially. Like you said, after the AD trade, everything from there on out, as far as it's concerned, has to be laid into question as far as the moves Rob Palenka has been making since then. So, I mean, it's just what you have now is a residual effect from that. And I think there's still a chance to go ahead and approve this roster and make tweaks to this roster. Hopefully the Kyrie Irving trade can come through along with Joe Harris and Seth Curry. I think the Lakers only win 
if they get those assets back along with you know Kyrie Irving because if you get just Kyrie Irving that's that's still not going to go ahead and improve your depth overall to the point where you're going to be able to consistently be competitive over an 82 game season it is just to the point also as well where you need a two extra guys to go ahead and at least have a starting five that could go ahead and can compete in the Western Conference I agree and you know it's that's the unfortunate thing you know so you have to always look back and say look AD helped us win a title can't can't shake your yeah. head at that. Can't can't be annoyed at that. No. But everything about that situation was unprecedented, and nobody within the organization has shown that they can replicate that set that success over the course of a normal eighty-two game season. And that, to me, is the biggest concern. The Russell Westbrook contract, for better or worse, is either gone before or around camp, or sometime this season, or at the end of the year. When or the end of I'm sorry, at the end of the season rather. Um, and I've said it many times that I don't consider that to be a terrible outcome. I mean, I get it that like everybody wants to see um, what is thought to be a malcontent or at least somebody, you know, unhappy with his role, current role on the team go away. But the reality is, is that you're probably going to bring back salary that's going to extend beyond this season. And, you know, if Joe Harris can't get back to being a 40 plus percent three point shooter, and if Kyrie Irving of the I don't know if I can play more than 60 games mentality is like the guy who you're bringing back and then potentially signing to a long-term extension. Have you, have you improved the team? Have you, are your championship odds all that better, much better? I don't think they are. And so that's why what you said earlier, Gerald, about if you send out those two draft picks, you have to be, you can't, it can't be for a gamble. It can't be reckless. It has to be more thought out than almost any of the moves the Lakers have made over the last three years. And I don't know that the front office has has it in them. I, I don't think they can do it. I really hard don't. to make up for your mistakes when you've made so many of them in the past two years. And repetitively, it's not like oh, like five years ago they did this, and then they, oh, I'm a couple of good things. It's been like season, off season after off season after off season. It's just gone absolutely wrong and you have to wonder and i often do had there not been a shutdown due to covid how things would have worked out for that laker team well, great know, questions adam of, great questions indeed absolutely great I mean, we'll never get an answer to it you know so that's it's a debate for the ages but you know i i don't think we would have won a championship with ingram lonzo randall and hart at least playing that way that time maybe randall playing at the top of his game like he did in new york and ingram playing at the top of his game like he has you know if it all somehow meshed together maybe you would have had a chance to go ahead and, and compete for a title if that's the case but i mean those yeah. those four have never played at the top of peak of their games and been healthy right all at the same time yeah. if you've looked at their career since yeah. then yeah. that's that's the thing where it seems like one of the four or two of the four at most are playing at an optimum level and then one gets the other hurt. two are hurt. <laughs> yeah. So, or the other one in the case of Randall has digressed since right. his all-star season. So right. yeah, to me, I think it's just something again, where I didn't think you were going to go ahead and be able to get all those four to gel and play that well, all at the same time. So. And almost no team does wins solely by the players they've drafted. Mm-hmm. I don't think any team. Maybe the Warriors, I guess, 
They drafted Clay. They drafted Curry. They drafted Green. They didn't draft Iguodala, who was a key part of their championship team. And then the first season he was there was expensive, but then he got cheaper and cheaper as time went on. I would guess the Warriors are the closest thing to, hey, we drafted really well. <laughs> and we won a championship in modern in modern NBA parlance. Old, you know, 30 years ago, that's a different NBA, everything, you know. Money works a different. Of, a lot of their players on the, even this last championship team are their own draft picks. Their own draft picks. So it's a riddle for the ages. We just have to kind of hope that that health is on <laughs> health is on our side. Because if it's not, it's all pedantic anyway. It's all just, you know, it's it doesn't matter. If 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 AD and LeBron aren't playing 70, 75 games next season, nothing else matters like the Metallica song. What are your thoughts out there on what Jamie and I have been talking about so far? Do you want Carmelo Anthony to be back on the team? Let us know. Please let us know. Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. Also as well, you can go ahead and let us know here in the chat as well. Or do you want, as far as your thoughts known on Darvin Ham, do you like the fact that he's come in with some pretty strong words in regards to going ahead and letting, letting everyone know that if somebody's not going to be playing up to their capabilities, they're going to be benched. So what are your thoughts on Darvin Ham? Please let us know as well, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, Twitch, and of course, Twitter and Facebook as well. But before we head on out, my friend, a couple last topics to cover. One is KD, Kevin Durant. I know you wanted to talk about that, that ongoing drama that's still continuing in Brooklyn, which is probably going to continue to continue to continue moving on. And moving on and moving on in regards to what's going on. The rhetoric is still there. The rumors are around now. He's talking or there's rumors. There's a talk about now there's possible retirement that he might use that as a tool of negotiations to try and get out of Brooklyn because the fact that they are not going to adhere to his wishes and be able to fire the GM and the coach. This has gotten really messy really quickly, my friend, but I don't see it alleviating itself that soon. No, I don't either. I think part of the problem is that, you know, this era of of sport news is, you know, really predicated on well, what happened today? Yeah. You know, and so it it just becomes about who can get some shred of not information from some guy out the back of a van. You know, I got some speakers, I got some NBA rumors. And I've got these, uh, you know, these bobblehead dolls from the, uh, you know, the, the the Fernando Tatis bobblehead dolls from Padres that they don't want to put out on Fan Appreciation Day anymore. So uh, what do you want? You want some NBA rumors? You want a stereo? What do you want? So, uh, you know, it's so little actual content and a lot of like, well, what if? <laughs> you know, we can all play what if. I think we all have played what if as, as small children. And so... I kind of tune it out at this time of the year. I did see the uh, Kevin Durant could retire. And it's like, you know, if you wanted to sabotage a team in your division or conference, the best way would be to be an anonymous source for somebody's article to be like, well, one NBA executive thinks this without naming who it is. And, you know, suddenly you got KD coming out on Twitter saying, I'm not retiring. Things are getting comical at this point. Yada, 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 yada. And like, I don't think Kevin Durant would retire because he's you really see him walking away from four years on that contract. He's walking away from hundreds of millions of dollars, over a hundred million dollars, tens of millions of dollars. My math is terrible. It's a Uh, lot of money. 
it's a lot of money to be walking away from. And this is this is it. This is his last payday because after this, teams are going to be like, well, you're kind of toxic, dude. Like, you get you get unhappy and grumpy and you destroy culture. I would be so sure. Let's see what happens in four years at the end of his contract. Sure, whatever. I mean, I think Brooklyn will regret that deal in years three and four, but they did it. They made that deal in good faith. Just like Ben Simmons' extension. Ben Simmons and the 76ers signed, made, made a good faith agreement on a max extension for Ben Simmons. This is a guy who can't shoot. Mm-hmm. He's making a lot of money to pass and play defense. And it got hard. They came to a settlement agreement. We'll never know what the terms were. The terms were agreed to be uh, held, held, uh, you know, secret, secret terms to their settlement. Uh, so we'll never get the arbitration decision that I think the NBA kind of deserves, frankly, at this point, about what it would cost, what the cost is to a franchise for a disgruntled player to decide they just don't like showing up to work anymore. And that is the world that NBA GMs, coaches, and owners live in now. And look, you know, owners are billionaires. I don't really feel sorry for the owners. You know, GMs are paid to, to do the best job they can. They're often put in a bad, bad situation. You know, things like that. But, you know, I feel bad for the fans. You know, I feel yeah. bad for kids who went out and bought a Ben Simmons jersey because they love the idea of Ben Simmons being a 76er for a few years. And now this kid's like, dad why isn't you know, well mom, maybe they bought it on an american express and actually have the deal where they can actually <laughs> trade it in for a ben simmons brooklyn nets <laughs> wait does it work where you get the jersey if he gets team? traded that's the deal wait but you can't get a different jersey of a guy on the team that you actually like right you can just get the no ben it's got to be for if your favorite player gets right. traded you get you get the new jersey but what kind of Merck, like what kind of Merck support is that for that? Like it's just that's so called weird, right? Amex, my friend. American know, Express. Right? Yes. Said, Don't leave home without it. Yes. Or else. Absolutely indeed. But your thoughts out there on the Kevin Durant saga, please let us know right here at Lakers Fast Break. Wherever get your podcasts, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and of course on Facebook as well. I mean, Gerald, you said you didn't see a quick resolution. I do not either. No, I don't. I don't. This is just going to drag on out. And again, it's it's holding the rest of the league hostage because until a move for him takes place, we're not seeing any move for any action done on Kyrie or any decision made on Kyrie. Maybe even that's affecting the New York trade with Donovan Mitchell. It just seems like there's a whole bunch of waiting going on and everybody's waiting for someone to flinch and no one has flinched as of yet. Yeah. I mean, it's holding things up. And like, I, I it's always amazing to me when a player's like, I want to leave. You should trade me. And then subsequently starts going on a tour uh, that will do nothing but sabotage. <laughs> don't nobody should leak discussions. If you really want something to happen, don't leak about it. They've been leaking the schedule. Sham Sharani has been leaking the schedule the past few days. Right. I mean, why don't just, okay. If you have a contact within the NBA offices, just and you know you're already going. You're so tempted to go ahead and you know leak out the Christmas Day games and opening day games, and just leak out the whole schedule. Just release the whole schedule. Yeah, I don't. I this, this is what I mean. It's not journalism. It's like <laughs> got the news, and I. Eh. 
Well, speaking of entertainment, before we head on out, I do have thoughts. You know, I actually got the opportunity last night because I was waiting for this guy over here who was still sleeping and was out getting some Z's to go ahead and check out Hulu's legacy. I was listening, I was listening to your intro music and I was just like, oh, this is so soothing. So soothing indeed. So but soothing. Legacy, the true story of the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, excuse me, of the LA Lakers. They shortened it the LA Lakers. So LA. it is Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers on Hulu right now. The first two episodes are there. You want to go ahead and check it out today. I will say that it it's going to take place and it's going to showcase a larger series, a larger number of years than what you're going to see from, let's say, winning time per se. Because uh, I know that both shows, winning time and this legacy docuseries, they're picking different points in time outside of the major winning championships, et cetera, et cetera, there. They both are picking and choosing their times as far as what they want to cover and how they want to cover it. I will give Legacy the nice compliment about how they are utilizing archival footage. They are using a tremendous amount of archival footage I have not seen since I was alive during that period of time in the late 70s, early 80s. And that, to me, has been enjoyable so far. You're seeing a ton of archival footage that's there. You're seeing individuals that were part of that scene. You're getting to interview and understand the the mindset of the family. This is being overseen as far as executive producers by Linda Rambis and Jeannie Buss, who are, Jeannie Buss is also involved as far as her interviews. There's Magic, there's Kareem, everybody that was uh, Jamal Wilkes, Norm Nixon. They're all a part of this great docuseries so far. They've given some great thoughts on it. It is, again, very, uh, I guess, uh, one-sided as far as the way it's being shown and presented. I think because of the fact, again, it's being overseen by Linda Rambis and Jeannie Buss as far as making sure that <laughs> I it was is. going to say, didn't you just mention who the producers Well, were? because, again, it's being shown the way that they want to see it. But to me, the biggest compliment I can give to Antoine Foucault is the tremendous amount of archival footage that's been shown on it. That to me is really the best part about it is the fact you get to see all of the, the experiences that myself saw at that early age. And if you're a, you know, if you're younger Lakers fan, I think it's a really nice uh, visual experience seeing all that archival footage of things that you've most people that, you know, that are younger now probably never have seen of the Lakers when they were, in that uh, first 1980 championship and the 19, uh, ni- early 1980s playoffs and the titles that they won, when they won the title in Boston on the parquet, when they won against their, their championships against the Philadelphia 76ers in the early 80s, they showcased that and the archival footage there, plus the unfortunate Paul Westhead firing. They covered a great deal of, bit of that. They also covered as far as the early days with, with Magic Johnson coming into the league. And that's, I know it's for the you know for those who have seen the Magic docu series, and of course Winning Time. This is the third time this year you'll probably be seeing right. the yeah, the inception of of the, the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers as it gets into the '80s. So it may get repetitive. That I can I I will go ahead and, and be very I'm frank to that. you that's out great, there. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing because it's the last of these three. 
It's right. probably the one that's probably not going to be seen as much as the other, right. simply because of the little, fact that this the market's a little numbers. oversaturated. Yeah, yeah, because you've already seen the, you know, those who are who watch the other two, whether it stretches the imagination like Winning Time or it's it caters a little bit more to the magic storytelling. You're still seeing the structure, right, for the third time. History you know hasn't changed. Only, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, nothing's going to really change as far as I'm concerned. But the best thing about it is the archival footage, seeing all the stuff that you could, you know, you if you were watching CBS Sports at the time or all the different news outlets and all the different news coverage that was showcased at the time around the various interesting things about the, what was going on with the Lakers. I sure wish that they would have had a little bit more variation in the guests that they had outside of just the players and the bus family and a couple other outside sources. They only had one real reporter who was covering the Lakers at the time. I would have loved for the fact that maybe Jim Hill would have been a great uh, addition because he is all over this archival footage. He would have been a great, or Brett Musburger, he would have been a great uh, addition to this as well, hearing thoughts because he's available. You could have gotten him to go ahead and interview. So otherwise, like I said, the first two episodes, again, it, it really doesn't do much to go ahead and bring something new to the table. If you've already uh, are an ex- experienced Laker fan outside, again, showcasing to you out there, the great archival footage that Antoine Foucault has received. And that to that, I give highest compliments to on that part of it, because the fact is there's some stuff back there that just, Oh man, going away. Like the only thing they didn't get, which I wish hope was uh KHJ footage channel nine. I would have loved to have seen the old KHJ channel nine opening one last time. I know you can get it on grainy on YouTube right now. Yeah, if you do, want to go ahead and check it out. But... Yeah, I know that's, but you know, it would have been great if they went ahead and, and uh, grabbed some KHJ footage, but yeah, outside of that, yeah, just a tremendous job in grabbing the archival footage. So I will give them compliments on that, but it really does not tell something really new to the table or behind the scenes uh, that much that I wanted to know more about, but again, it's still a good watch, but it's the third watch this year, the Lakers. So I don't know if everybody's going to really go ahead and clamor to go ahead and check this out. That's the problem because it's the third of three different, but yet the same storytellings of the Los Angeles Lakers in the 1980s. Now this series is going to expand beyond that to cover Kobe Shaq, and then lead you all the way into the bubble championship for the Lakers. But for now, the first two episodes cover the eighties of the Lakers. And I think it's doing an okay job. It's not doing too bad at all. People should think about people should treat it like they would Akira Kurosawa's Rand, where the same crime is told through the eyes of, and and the stories of three completely different individuals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if again, you don't know what I'm talking about go check yourself out some Akira Kurosawa. It's, oh, he's one of the finest uh, directors that that stunning been out cinematography there. And, and then beautiful storytelling. Well, you think George oh. Lucas got a great bit of his inspiration for Star Wars? I mean, a million people, Tarantino. Yeah, you go, it, the list just goes on and on and on. But yeah, it's it, it, it kind of reminds me of that sort of idea, though. Like if you approach it like that, like I'm going to see the same story told through three different eyes, then it's a little bit more intriguing, I guess. But again, it is the first two episodes of Legacy, the real story of the of the L.A. Lakers. I love that the real story of the L.A. Lakers. Just a shot at HBO Max when they're doing that, but. If you want to go ahead and check it out, it is Legacy, the real story of the L.A. Lakers. Again, I'm still reaching out to Hulu PR. I reached out to them today. We're looking for an answer back to see if I can get someone from the series to drop on by the show. 
Hopefully, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I'll be able to do so. But we want to hear your thoughts. If you checked out the first two episodes, please let us know. LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. LakersFastBreak. Go on to Lakerholics or LakersBall.com. Give those guys a shout out and let them know what you think. Or right here on YouTube or Facebook. We truly appreciate it. If you do, if you did, let us know your thoughts on Legacy. If you checked, if you're going to check it out, or if you're not going to check it out, why? We want to hear your thoughts on Legacy, and we'll be, you know, updating you on the episodes. And uh, I will be doing so as soon as I see them. I'll go ahead and report it here right at the Lakers Fast Break. But Jamie, it's been great having you here. Shoot, Any last shoot. thoughts before we uh, head on out, my friend? No, not tonight. Just uh, let's let's whatever whoever's on the roster. Let's come into the season with some positive energy. Absolutely, that would be great indeed. We're coming back on Thursday. Joe Soro will be coming back. Kaka, Mister Nighthawks himself. Yes, absolutely. And now that Sean Grice, we did a test with him. It worked out very well the other night. So I'm very pleased. So. Hopefully I can bring him back on the show for one of our group chats. I'm looking forward to inviting him on Thursday. Plus hopefully the rest of the gang. You know me, I'm if, if well, depending on the day, I mean, okay. I'm either a night owl or a, um, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You were out indeed. That's, that's for sure. So we'll see what we can do. Probably I'm going to try and shoot for eight 30 or nine. I'll go ahead and see if I can cram it ahead of time. So people have it on their schedule, but definitely looking forward to go ahead and, having a nice little group chat on Thursday, but any questions for us, let us know. You guys have been awesome. Once again, in the chat, thank you so much to Ox1947. Adam, great in the stream as well. If you have any questions for us, please let us know. We'd love to hear it. Thank you so much. Jamie Sweet, again, for being awake, number one. Number two, being here. That's awesome. And number three, being a part of the show. Again, where Big Baby gets Trevor Lane. The Locked On Lakers get Trevor Lane. I get a sleeping Jamie Sweet. So there you go, my team. <laughs> All right, but thanks so much to everybody for being a part of today's broadcast. Truly appreciate it. And we'll be back to talk more Lakers coming up on Thursday right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.